we've enjoyed the Bible Project videos as well um, and sought to give the Holy Spirit more room uh, in our lives and, and, and just sort of consider him uh, during lockdown, this moment when perhaps our normal routines are disheveled and we have uh, this opportunity to, to hear him. Um, so today we're going to go for our final reading in Acts. We're going to look at the end of the book. Um, and then afterwards, hopefully uh, excited and enthused by this promised Holy Spirit, by the reality of his presence, uh, by the promise of the effect he'll have on us, um, that we'll enjoy the Holy Spirit uh, together. So if you remember, the book of Acts starts with the disciples in Jerusalem, in this holy city where Jesus was uh, ministering and then when he was sent outside the woods, to die and uh, the uh, spirit falls on these Christians in uh, in Jerusalem and then these followers of the way I love that uh, um, rephrasing of Christians you know followers of the way um, if we weren't uh, called Elim I'd try and incorporate that in our church name and so uh, these followers of the way uh, they are so first found in Jerusalem and then they uh, go beyond the walls of the holy city and are found uh, elsewhere and uh, we find that the holy spirit ensures that these uh, gospel carrying men and women find uh, willing recipients you know people are eager to hear i love that moment where uh, uh, philip's talking to the ethiopian and uh, the, the ethiopian like seems like a puddle of water and, and says you know here's water why shouldn't i get baptized then and, and uh, right now and there is that sense of uh, immediacy um, that the spirit brings to uh, new converts they're like let's do it I, I love the sound of this the uh, second half of uh, Luke's book tends to deal uh, exclusively with the adventures of Paul and he has a very deliberate reason uh, for this uh, the Apostle Paul he is this uh, Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a killer of Christians and then he was converted by, um, on this Damascus Road experience that we actually hear uh, three times in the book of Acts. Um, and uh, he is commissioned to tell the wider Roman Empire. You know, he is not just to tell Jews, but he's to tell Gentiles, the non-Jews, the rest of the world, the good news, this, this blessing that was promised through Abraham to touch the world. Um, and so this grace of Jesus is transmitted again and again. As he goes on these adventures, you'll be struck uh, if you do the readings, uh, how um, unprotected Paul seems. He faces illness and stoning. He faces accusations, both false and true. He faces violence and riots, imprisonments. He faces demons. Uh, and uh, uh, my favourite, he faces bureaucracy. Um, and uh, so again and again, he faces all these uh, different difficulties. Um, and so God doesn't uh, save them from him, but he saves him through them. And uh, each of these things that could inhibit their gospel, they don't become uh, the thing that stops it dead in its track. Um, and uh, as we come into the end of Acts, uh, Luke tells us that Paul... Um, is pressed by Jesus himself. You know, he's visited by Jesus to say, you know what, you're going to tell the gospel in Rome, the centre of the Roman Empire, the centre of power and wealth and 
authority. And even on this journey, Paul faces hardship. He is not uh, excused difficulty, even though he's on a mission from God. Um, and uh, we hear that um, um, in, the, in the chapter before we're reading um, that he's uh, shipwrecked and uh, he, uh, he sort of uh, crawls ashore in Malta and uh, Kev and Dom went on holiday last year to Malta and they saw the uh, uh, the place where uh, uh, sort of uh, local uh, legend has it that um, it was that beach rather than any other um, and uh, no matter where it was there was a beach in Malta where Paul kind of crawls up the beach after his ship has been wrecked and you can imagine wonder is this what it means to be anointed is this what it means uh to share the gospel is this what it means uh, uh to uh tell the good news of jesus um and so we're going to look at this moment after he's been shipwrecked in malta so if you've got a bible turn to acts chapter 28 the last chapter of acts says this in uh, Acts chapter 28 verse 11. After three months we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there we set sail and arrived at Regium. The next day the south wind came up and on the following day we reached Putiali. Uh, there we found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them and so we came to Rome. The brothers there had heard that we were coming and they travelled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these men Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. And verse 30. For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1614 um, a leaflet was apparently uh, published and distributed in London and it said this. In Sussex there is a pretty market town called Horsham, near unto it a forest called St Leonard's Forest, and there in a vast and unfrequented place, full of unwholesome shades and the overgrown hollows, there is a serpent thought to be bred. There is always in his track or path left a glutinous and slimy matter which is very corrupt and offensive to the scent. And, uh, the, uh, the pamphlet goes on uh, it's in great detail about this uh, this serpent or dragon um, that's uh, thought to have uh, resided in St Leonard's uh, forest and um, out of this great legend you'll find uh, a pub on the outskirts uh, in uh, Colgate um, and it's called Dragon and uh, 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 before there was sort of words to it there was just a, a picture of the dragon and travellers uh, and sort of merchants who were moving past they would see the picture of the dragon um, and that they would know that this was an establishment where they could get sort of food and board um, and it was an invitation uh, to the people that couldn't read because they would see the the sign 
So just as many uh, inns and public houses um, in the UK are named after their visual signs, uh, ships in the first century uh, were named uh, by their figureheads, the, the, uh, um, the, the different carvings on the front. And so Luke, with his great attention to detail, he, he seems to have a sort of a passion for sort of uh, uh, maritime knowledge. Um, and he tells us that Paul enjoys the passage on a ship called the Heavenly Twins. These are two gods uh, that are the sons of the god Zeus and uh, they were kind of known as the patron saint, patron saints of sailors and they're carved in the front and the ship's named after it and Paul travels in this uh, 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 book, um, in this boat dedicated to idols. Um, but these idols don't seem to have been much help uh, because uh, even they can't stop uh, the whimsical winds of the Med uh, sort of slowing Paul down and they certainly can't stop uh, the army bureaucracy that again slows him down. So we find Paul, uh, he has to wait for three months on uh, Malta for kind winds to, uh, to be able to set sail. Um, uh, uh, and then he has to wait another three days in Sicily uh, for good conditions to set sail again. After Sicily, uh, he gets uh, to the mainland, but even there he is slowed down because there is this uh, um, the, the centurion, it seems, has official business and he has to wait a week there. And so time and time again, you can sense uh, uh, Paul wants to get to Rome. He's com been commissioned by Jesus to get there. And yet uh, at every turn, he seems to be slowed down. And uh, if you are anything like me, you can imagine him tapping his foot and getting impatient and huffing and uh, stuff like that. But I want you to listen to this. It says this in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Paul was an expert in patience. We may have wanted to rush ahead to get to our destination, to get to where God uh, had commissioned us to go. But Paul has this great patience that he doesn't rant and rail where things don't go his way. Even being commissioned by Jesus, Paul is not given uh, like a uh, fast track ticket uh, through all these different legs of his journey. His, uh, his expedition is not expedited by the Almighty. And if Paul, who is on a mission from Jesus to reach Rome, can hit obstacle uh, and uh, obstacle and obstacle, if he can be slowed down at every turn and yet have the patience uh, and humility to bear it, then I think that is a challenge for us, for the numerous inconveniences uh, we face. As we focus on the Holy Spirit during these days, it is good to remember that he doesn't just bring excitement, he just doesn't bring power, but he brings fruit. He works to bring out characteristics uh, that will uh, uh, show that he's at work. And uh, Paul's patience was a sign of the spirit 
and when we are patient when we don't get anxious and worked up because things aren't going at the speed we want them to that is the sign that the spirit is working on us in us I was really grateful to Kim for posting something on Facebook this morning that sort of illustrated this point. You know, there is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and amongst the many different things he brings is this patience and peace. So that when things go wrong, when what we imagine is going to happen doesn't, we are given a tranquility in our soul that no circumstance can disturb. And so instead of resenting God or questioning him or even turning away from him uh, as sort of lockdown uh, becomes hard work as queues seem to go out the door if you've ever been to the co-op at a busy time in Bubush you know uh, you can wait ages uh, um, for just to get in the shop uh, my uh, kids very early on learnt the word buffering when their favourite websites and games weren't working um, and there, there becomes that sort of uh, uh, anxiousness about that and the Holy Spirit brings peace so that we can be tranquil in these times of buffering, in times of queues, in times of lockdowns because we know uh, the Spirit is with us um, and uh, he can bring things forth from every situation. I wonder if you'd noticed as we were going through the reading that Paul is met and helped by a number of different believers. Uh, he's actually helped um, in the text uh, by believers on four separate occasions um, in this tiny bit of text. Uh, Paul is in, embraced at Putieli, then at the Forum of Appius. He's embraced at the Three Taverns and finally in the city of Rome he is uh, appreciated. And I wonder if the question came out to you, how could a tent maker from Tarsus in Turkey become famous and loved in the biggest and wealthiest city in the empire where he'd never been? How could this guy that has every right to not even be noticed be eagerly anticipated? Well, the, uh, the truth is, that three years earlier, around maybe sort of 57 AD, Paul had written to Rome. Even though he'd never visited them, Paul wrote his longest and most famous letter. It is, uh, it is a wonder to behold. Uh, uh, chapter 8 is possibly uh, my favourite chapter in the entire of uh, scripture. Um, but just listen to the beginning of this letter that Paul writes before he has uh, seen Rome at all. So Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David and who the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God. There's lots of theology just rolling off his pen in this. Um, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship 
to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from the faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Some wonderful words. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Christ Jesus for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness. How I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. Even in these preliminary sentences in this book of Romans, there is a, um, a love and a devotion that Paul articulates for the believers surviving in like the very centre of the pagan world. You know, sort of Rome was the sort of bastion of all sorts of iniquity and Paul just looked at them and just thought they were brilliant and amazing and they were just worthy to be uh, celebrated and embraced. And Romans is a masterpiece. There's no getting away from it. It is uh, it is intricate and detailed um, and theologians have sort of marvelled over it uh, uh, for many, many years. Uh, I, um, I mentioned recently that Dr Martin Lloyd-Jones, he spent 12 years exploring it with a Bible class on um, a Friday evening up at Westminster Chapel and I have certainly got books and books exploring and reveling in the detail and intricacies and wealth of knowledge that Paul uh, gives about the gospel. And as we uh, enjoy the Spirit today on Pentecost Sunday, I wonder if we can fathom the fact that the Holy Spirit is not just for meetings. Church meetings are good and we certainly uh, enjoy the Holy Spirit uh, uh, coming into our times together and bringing forth like um, tongues and prophecy and words of wisdom and knowledge and Bible readings and we look forward to those uh, later on. But the Spirit inspires Paul three years in advance of visiting somewhere to write a piece of literary truth that we will enjoy 2,000 years later, but that the Romans enjoyed right then and there. He wrote to people he'd never met, something where he poured his heart and soul into. And so I want to encourage you on, the, on Pentecost Sunday, on the 31st of May, pay attention to the Holy Spirit's voice. He is in each of us that call Jesus Saviour. And I wonder if we are not called to um, some new work, something someone hasn't done before, some service or ministry, perhaps to a people we don't know yet or haven't met yet or may even never meet. Perhaps we can do something to bless people um, that we have just heard about and uh, the Spirit has uh, um, tugged at our heartstrings to do something in response. There is this breadth 
to the Holy Spirit's work that is good to enjoy and uh, recognize. Finally, uh, so I was trying to keep this uh, uh, the sermon short so we could spend a little bit more time together on Zoom. Um, finally, I find it fascinating that Luke ends his book of Acts of the Apostles with Paul under house arrest in Rome. A soldier has been posted to him. So Roman practice would have meant that Paul was chained to this guy uh, perpetually. It looks like uh, uh, Romans might have had like four hour shifts. So he was sort of uh, um, rotated between different guys. And you wonder what sort of ending to a story is this? Luke, what are you doing? Uh, Paul, how is this Jesus commissioning you? And the shallow amongst us might protest that this doesn't seem very victorious. You know, this is Jesus Christ, this is the Holy Spirit, this is God our Father. This is not what we would expect. Paul's path here was torturous and now he is in chains. And listening to uh, speakers uh, today, you might be tempted in thinking that this is somehow uh, um, pointing towards a lack of God's favour. You know, the blessed are the ones that are healthy and wealthy uh, and free from pain and free from trouble. And that's not what Luke is saying here at all. For a start, Paul is in Rome. All sorts of reasons why he shouldn't be, but he he is. And he's exactly where Jesus said he was sending him. And so we find this fulfillment of this sort of prophetic dream that Paul had, this visitation by Jesus Christ. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. It doesn't look the way we imagined it to look like. You can imagine if one of us was told that we would go to a great city to proclaim Jesus, that we would be welcomed into the stadiums and places of power and the parliaments and the squares where we could be heard by many. Um, but God has a way of changing our expectations, of uh, saying, well, you thought this, but actually I never said anything of the kind. And we actually find that Paul is not confined to Barrett. So normally he would be brought into where the soldiers uh, live and he would be kept there. But he is not confined to army barracks. He is outside their place and he has his own place. Um, and it's a fascinating moment uh, of God's provision despite difficult circumstances. You know, Paul could have wailed at all these difficulties but he noticed that God had made it possible for him to invite people in. And Luke makes a big deal of it. He doesn't say, uh, um, you know, God saved him from this, that and the other. He said God provided so that Paul could invite people in. The Roman believers, it seems, are keeping Paul going. They're paying for his rent and giving him food because he can't work. Um, and he's being blessed by the very ones that he uh, spoke to and wrote to three years before. And there's this uh, uh, a beautiful uh, response of these believers to the blessings that Paul had heaped on them. 
and uh, the uh, and God had kept the Romans uh, soldiers from taking him into the barracks so that he would have more possibility of prominence and conversations. So Paul is physically in chains in a city that is hostile to his purpose. But what does he do? He invites Jews and Gentiles to his home. And the Spirit enables him to preach the gospel of God and teach about Jesus. And we suddenly find he has every reason to say, you know what, I can't work for God. I am under the cosh. Things haven't gone well. You know what, I'm under house arrest. I just better um, cope and tread water. But Paul sees this opportunity as a moment where he can invite people in and tell them about the gospel. And people come. And so now the centre of the Roman Empire, the centre of this military power, has resident in it the greatest advocate of Jesus Christ in church history. The Apostle Paul speaks and reasons and preaches and teaches in that place. An old uh, lecturer of mine, Dr. Keith Warrington, uh, who's a, a great author and great teacher. And uh, if anyone ever goes to the Eden Bible College in Malvern, you'll uh, uh, enjoy his ministry there. And uh, he's, uh, one of his books was about discovering the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And he writes this um, about this moment. To witness to one's faith in Jesus in the first century world was to risk facing ridicule, opposition and even death. Evangelism was not for the faint-hearted. The promise of the Spirit was not that the situation in which one witnessed would change, but that the Spirit would provide the resources necessary to witness, regardless of the situation. Thus, the examples of others in the church encourage believers to believe the promises concerning the supportive role of the Spirit and to engage in evangelism. Although there was no guarantee of success, believers could always count on the resourceful presence of the Spirit. Friends, our Lord Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit to us, his church, to empower us wherever we are. He doesn't necessarily make circumstances easier. He uh, doesn't suddenly make everyone say, oh, I would really like to hear about Jesus or cause uh, the, uh, the Crawley Football Stadium to welcome us in to preach or cause uh, the local councillors to ask for us to present present how uh, they should run things. But the book of Acts tells us that the Spirit is resourceful and he promises to help and support and be resourceful. He will inspire a passion for the gospel and he will inspire uh, an excellence at reaching the lost and for some of us it will be through reasoning and some of us it will be through prophecy and some of us it will be through holy living and some of us it will be through uh, miracles and answered prayer and some of us it will be all of them and some will be a uh, few of them. We have the same Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is resident in we who love him. 
and we do well to enjoy him, to pay attention to him, to treasure his fellowship and not just for our own sakes, just to bless ourselves, but to bless the people around us. In a moment, we are going to meet through Zoom. So if you already know the Holy Spirit coursing through your veins, as it were, use this coming together as a moment to listen and a moment to serve. If you know the Holy Spirit, please don't just keep stum. You know, it's a moment to contribute. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, if all this sounds a little foreign, but you know Jesus, then I invite you on Pentecost Sunday to ask the Holy Spirit to come in afresh, to bring your his power into your life in a new way. And maybe this is the moment that you will uh, uh, experience the Holy Spirit in a way that changes everything. And so as we enjoy the Holy Spirit, let us allow this moment, this day, this time to refresh again the ministries we enjoy. Because we live in a world that is desperate for the sons of God to be revealed. We live in a world desperate for the Holy Spirit to be let loose. We live in a world that is desperate for the Holy Spirit to uh, resource people to reach the lost. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he brings patience. We thank you he brings new ministry. And we thank you that even though he tends not to change circumstances, he will equip us for whatever we face. Lord God, I pray that you would bring our expectations of the Spirit in line with yours and that we would minister effectively in a world that is desperate for the light of Christians, followers of the way, to shine clearly and far. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. 